Okay, um, this is for 4th of July, actually 5th of July, but the experience started from the 4th of July, 2020. So, um, during, um, the fourth evening, that Saturday evening. Um, so I was, I was actually meditating about Jesus and him being a Lord. I've been, I've actually been reading a lot about Jesus and really wanting to know him on a deeper dimension, not just, not just, um, what we used to know, how we read the Bible from, um, probably, shallow point of view or maybe what we have been taught um, from probably our parents or in church or something like that Um, I just wanted to have a deeper understanding of Jesus and I have been reading a lot about him from the book of um, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John I'm actually in the process of studying those four um, gospels to really understand not just understand the gospel not because i haven't read it before but in a i'm reading it with the intention of knowing not just what jesus did but the character of the unspoken behaviors and characters and compassion or objectivity or or maybe like a character traits that jesus displayed um that made him what he is because I, I really wanted to be like him not wanted i want to be like him so i'm studying him so um so i'm um, just on fourth night i was telling jesus i'm learning a lot about you i really haven't understood what it means to to have you as lord in the scripture a lot of places, especially Paul, always talked about the God of our Father, and um, sorry, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he he talks, he referred to God as Father and Jesus as Lord. Like, what do you mean? What does it mean? What does it mean for us to call Jesus Lord? I mean, like, yes, it's. It's almost like a cliche, oh, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, but have we, have we actually sat down to realize, to understand what it means for Jesus to be Lord? I didn't really understand it, because the Bible says that nobody calls Jesus Lord except by the Holy Spirit, so it's, it's something that the Holy Spirit had to reveal to your spirit, so that whenever you open your mouth, I open my mouth to call Jesus my Lord or mention Lord. I know exactly what I'm saying. But sometimes when I mention Lord, it's just it's just a sense of reverence per se, and a general sense of reverence. Not not it's not dear to me yet. It's not it's it hasn't been any personalized note. So I told Lord Jesus. Please explain your lordship to me. What does it mean for you to be Lord? The sense of me having you as Lord is like the only thing I can think of is somebody who is Lord and have everybody else serving him, you know, you know like a Lord servant relationship where um, um, everybody that recognizes him as Lord serves him. Like, I, I get that, that we serve God and all that, but. 
are we really servants? Because I also, when I was thinking about that line of thought, um, I was, I was, I also remember the place where, at the point of Jesus's death, a few days for him to be crucified, he told his his disciples, "I no longer call you servants, but brothers." So, like, sorry, but friends, you know, it's a friend that lays down his life for his friends. So he took them off the servant's radar and brought him into the closeness of friends. Friends are more intimate than servants. Lord master relationship, sorry, Lord servant relationship is it's less intimate, but friend friend relationship is more close and intimate. So Jesus took them off the radar of servants and brought them to the radar of friends. He said, I no longer call you servants, but friends. So I was asking Jesus, like, please reveal this to me. I, I really want to understand it. What does it mean for me to be Lord? And what kind of relationship? It's wanting for me to actually understand you as Lord. And when I have you as Lord and know you as Lord, what kind of relationship should I have with you as a Lord? Is it a servant relationship? Is it a friend relationship? Is there anything different? Like, I really wanted to know. So in that same period of night, I was also studying about um, his words when he said, and if anyone will come to me, let him deny himself, pick up the cross and follow me. And, um, and um, the Holy Spirit actually explained that, that those words to me. So I was telling him in that context, I'm, I'm ready to follow you. Like, I'm ready to deny myself. I'm ready to get into the suffering. Yeah, bring it on, Jesus. I'm, I'm ready. Like, my heart is ready. Whatever you want to use me to do, you use me. It's, it's fine. I mean, like, I'm ready to make the sacrifices. So when I was, was thinking about it and thinking about what it means for him to be Lord and what it means for, for me to really follow him, denying myself and taking up my cross, in that line of thoughts, I slept, you know. So I, it was night, so I just, after the mission, I just lay down on the bed. I slept. So the next day, which was on a Sunday morning, I woke up with a thought, not really a thought, it's a scripture in my mind. You woke up, it's like, it, it came like this, as you are as lively stones built up. And I was wondering, what does it mean? I have lively stones. I don't even know exactly the full scripture, but I knew that it was in the book of Second Peter. So I checked. I said I checked where it is. Second Peter chapter two, um, um, verse five. He said, "You also, as lively stones, are built up, a spiritual house and holy priesthood, to offer up sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ." And I'm wondering, it's so random. I don't know what 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 is this saying? Why am I reading this? Why am I? Why 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 did the Holy Spirit put this in my? So as I was thinking about that scripture, I just remembered yes, I just remembered the 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 prayer I made to Jesus the the last night. I was telling him. Um, that I wanted to see him as Lord. So when I read up, I read up, up. Um, I went up a bit and I saw where he said, from verse, from verse two, he said, 
um, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word of God that you may grow but thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone is allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. Ye also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer a spiritual sacrifice acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So he was telling me, yes, this is it. This is what you asked for. Like, this is me as Lord. I am the living stone. <laughs> I don't know if you actually... <laughs> he said, I am the living stone chosen of God. And you are, in my similitude, as lively stones. And the reason why you are as lively stones is that... You are needed to be a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wow. So he was like, he was trying to tell me like, whatever I am is what you are. My lordship relationship is like for you to take you to be the same thing. So if you are being built up, to offer an, a spiritual house and a holy priesthood to offer sacrifices. I am the living stone. You are the lively stone. So making me, making Jesus the high priest, because I'm in a priesthood. And priest is not just one person and that we have a high priest. You have a leader and Jesus is our Lord. Jesus is a leader. So he is a high priest. I'm like, what? Okay, it's just like if 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 it's chosen of God, we offer sacrifices, we offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So we are actually offering the sacrifice by our high priest. The worship, the devotion, every single thing we do, Jesus is the one that we go through. That is the reason that He's our Lord. He's not our Lord to lord it over us. He's our Lord to show us the way to God. He's our Lord to be the leader, to be the one in the forefront. He's our Lord because he's the one carrying his blood into the holies of holies and we follow him. He is the living stone. So to me, Jesus is Lord as high priest and I am his priest. So that's the Lord relationship I was asking for that he gave me. It was, it was really, it was so amazing. It was so amazing. Like, because it made me understand that I, I, I am, I am a priest to God. And the scripture came to me in uh, the scripture came to me in second, in the first book of first Peter chapter two, verse nine, just a little bit down where he said, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we are actually called to be priests. Like, and Jesus is our high priest. That's why he is a Lord. The Holy Spirit had to explain it to me and also took me to the place in, in Hebrews where he said, where he said in Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23 said, But ye are come unto Mount Zion, unto the city of a living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborns, which are written in heaven, 
and to God, the judge of all, to the spirit of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. So like Jesus is our Lord. He is the one that guides us into the holies of holies. He is the Lord. And the reason why he is Lord is because he's a high priest. And we are made according to his pattern, his prototype as priests. So I am his priest. If he is my Lord, I'm his priest. I was asking him, what does it mean for you to be Lord? And what kind of relationship should I have with you as Lord? And he said, I am the Lord because I'm the high priest and you are my priest. I usher you into the presence of God. And it was amazing, that revelation. He also showed me in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 where they were comparing Jesus and the Lord. And they were saying that the priesthood of the law of those days couldn't make anything perfect and Jesus had to be a better covenant and we are the ones that he was bringing into God's presence so he was trying to say I am the Lord and I am your high priest that brings you into the presence of God with my blood and the reason why Jesus is Lord is because he died so that he can take us as the firstborn so it's like he's our firstborn and we are his like his, his siblings, his brethren. That's why he told the disciples, I no longer call you servants. He's still Lord, but it's that the servant status of, of his disciples changed to brethren because he's still Lord, but he channels his brethren, me, as part of his siblings into the holies of holies. Thank you, Jesus, for this revelation. Okay, um, so this is um, this is fifth of July, two thousand and twenty. Um, it's um, God actually was was telling me something about the office of the priesthood. So prior to this time, um, I have been having experiences of uh, of of acting in the office of a priesthood to God in a very different dimension like I, I, it was a revelation that the holy spirit had to show me by himself so um at times when i worship i just get into the place of of priesthood and i i, I sing songs that i i don't even know what they mean or i but i know that it's kind of the kind of Old Testament Jerusalem kind of songs like where we see glory to God in our highest our king is coming riding on a cloud here he comes behold he comes we worship him I sing it in my understanding I sing it in my spirit and we worship and worship and, and so um, there was a particular time I I was worshiping I think that should be the, the the third time that is happening but more intensely that was how i could really remember it so um i was worshiping him it it, it kind of because i just got lost like not lost not that i don't know where i was but you know i was out of touch with whatever that was happening in the physical realm i was caught up and 
it was it was a feast in heaven where I and my fellow brethren as priests we were offering sacrifices to God and we had an high priest Jesus Christ the mediator of the new covenant and we had to actually get into the holiest of holies the place the presence of God and you can't get into that presence without without the blood of Jesus you can't you can't get into that presence without the cloak of righteousness so I have been having this kind of experiences with intense worship once I get in I worship and worship and worship and praise him I switch into that presence and it's awesome so um so like that has been happening prior to this time but this time around when I have the revelation and understanding of what it means to be to to for Jesus to be Lord you know when I was asking him what does it mean for you to be Lord the Bible says that nobody can call you Lord except by the Spirit that means the Holy Spirit how to actually explain to me what your Lordship really means and the kind of relationship I should have with you as a Lord and he explains to me that um, him being Lord is being the high priest and we are his priests so we offer fellowship we offer sacrifices to God acceptable to God by Jesus Christ so he is our firstborn ushering us into the presence of God through sacrifices so when I got this revelation on on, 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 on the fifth on Sunday morning like this when I got up and I was reading about um, it in the book of second Peter first Peter chapter 2 verse, verse 6 where we said we are lively stones and are built up a spiritual house to offer sacrifices to God acceptable by Jesus Christ so um, realization spawned me into worship I just like a swift instead of worshiping I said worshiping, I said praising God for that revelation and Jesus being my Lord. I immediately saw myself in his presence. Yeah, I just got into that usual priestly because I didn't really understand why I kept worshiping as a priest. Like not just as anything that I saw, not as a king, as priest, as a specific office where I belonged. And now the understanding, I now worshipped more with a better understanding. I was having those experiences that I, it was so exciting, but I kept, you know, in my heart wondering what all those meant. But now I, I understand, I, I kind of understood what they meant, so I, I worship with understanding. So when I was in that place, I remembered the Old Testament priestly worship where the high priest had to go into the holiest of holies with the blood and where they had to like sacrifice and where the high priest had to wear bells on on their you know the rituals the wear bells on his hands so that they will know that he's still alive and he's still breathing while he's still doing his thing in the holiest of holies and the priest outside had to wait and the priests, other co-priests will have to purify themselves for the rituals. I was there and we were worshipping myself and my fellow brethren and Jesus being our high priest and I remember the specification that God specifically gave Moses to build the tabernacle the the holiest of holies the incense the showbread 
the all those things that was inside that box and the cherubims and and the things that we are inside that holiest of holies the things that we are there and i was thinking like how it could have been because i was in his presence and i was awed as of the glory and the holiness of his majesty and it was it was amazing I, it was so i don't know how to explain it his presence is so awesome so you just have to experience it yourself it's, it's not something that somebody has to tell you so like while i was there I was now imagining how inferior, how so inferior, even though, even though um, Moses followed all the commandments of God to the latter, but how inferior, so inferior it, it would have been the things that he told Moses to create so that he can come in in the holiest of holies so that he can tabernacle with them while they worship in the old Israel time. And how inferior compared to the presence where I was, how inf- so inferior those things could have looked. It's like when you find a teacher draws something on the board to probably primary four students or primary school students or even secondary, you know, junior secondary maybe. So and he asks them to draw the same thing in their science book or in their fine arts book. And you're drawing something so terribly inferior, so messed up. So, like, the things that are on in the heavens where I was caught up was looking so, so superior. And, in fact, they cannot be compared to the things that God asked Moses to make for the tabernacle. The lampstand, the showbread, the... the, the, the the Ark of Covenant and the, 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 the cherubims. And it was like a drawing where a, a, a very original artist and a very amateur artist, where you compare their drawings together. It was looking like that. It was so terrible. So I felt it in my spirit. When I was thinking about that, I'm like, wow, God, you must have been so long-suffering and so so kind and so patient enough to stay there because that was the only way that you could relate and come down from your heavens to come into that small tabernacle. I was imagining this so, so because his presence is a large space. His presence is a vast place. The Bible talked about in his presence uh, pleasures forevermore and, and where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty so wherever he is is a free space so i was imagining how terrible he must have been i mean like it must have been for him to confine himself in that in that small space called holies of holies where the priest had to get into so when i was thinking about it he told me that was the reason why it's like he has been staying there. He has been with there, enduring that space and confined until Jesus died. And immediately Jesus died. The first thing that rent was that, that, that veil, whatever that is. He needed to let himself out immediately. He has been there for a long time. He just had to go. He just had to come out. He told me, I rent that place. It wasn't Jesus. It was God himself. He was the almighty. 
that has been in that confined space for a long time. He rented. I mean, like he had to rent. He had to like tear that nonsense apart so that he can come into our hearts and tabernacle in our hearts. So that the tearing of the veil is a two-way thing. First of all, it was done so that we can have access to his presence and come direct. Secondly, it was done so that he could come out. He had, there was no other place on earth God's presence was except for the holies of holies. That was why if you come came carelessly into that presence, you will kill you straight up. That, that presence is a holy place for him. Like Even though that, those specifications he asked Moses to make was terribly inferior, he sanctified it with his presence so that he was able to stay there. No other place. There was no other place. The Bible says, talked about the prophets and priests and kings that he used, that the Spirit came upon them and they did what they did, but the Spirit was not inside them. God had to dwell in that tabernacle made with hands until Jesus died before he could, like, it's, more, it's almost like he had to release himself from that place and come in. So I was thinking about it and I'm like, I hope it's not my mind that is messing with my head, like, I hope this thing, why am I thinking this way? Because I was, I was in his presence. Like it wasn't just, it wasn't just meditating. I was worshiping laid flat on the ground. And this thought was coming into my spirit. And he said, remember, so I, I, I kind of got up and I got, I came back to my, my, my body and, and I got up and I checked that place where Jesus died and the clothes went. What happened? And he said, the veil of the temple tore from up to down into twain and the rocks rent and the earth shook and he reminded me the bible says that the earth quake at the presence of the lord that the mountains keep like rams it is only god's presence that can shake the earth and quake and make the mountains keep like rams so like he was telling me i was the one who tore that veil and i came out and at my presence everything shook i was out like it was amazing it was amazing it was it was it was so awesome for that revelation it's, it's part of the perks that happens when you are in, in his presence as priest he he opens the priesthood because it was it was when I was thinking about the office of the priesthood and the activities happening around the priesthood area that he explained to me that the veil that was torn he was the one that tore it. I still wasn't you know like still doubting I hope this is not me making up the things in my head and he showed me another place in the scripture it wasn't Jesus that tore the veil Jesus I was still at that point still at the cross and immediately he died it was stated that he first of all went to hell Jesus had other activities to do somebody had to tear the veil so God came out straight up from that veil he just came out from that place so I was thinking about the veil the veil and the significance of the veil it means the flesh and he took me to where the book of isaiah where he said it pleased god the veil signifies the flesh that's the flesh of jesus the body of jesus that was broken that was torn into two his bible the bible now let me understand that that veil signifies the flesh of jesus 
that it was God that bruised Jesus. He said, please God to bruise him for us. He was wounded for our transgression. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. By his stripes we are hit. It wasn't Jesus that was bruising himself. It was God that was bruising him. So he was telling me, I bruised his flesh. I tore that veil. That veil is the significance of his flesh. I was the one who did that. Jesus wasn't the one flogging himself and all that. He allowed himself. He subjected and submitted unto death. But somebody had to do it. And it was God who was, he was bruising him for our sakes. He was telling me, I did it. I came out. Like it's, it's not a one-sided thing. The veil was done for you to be let in my presence. But I can't tabernacle in that holies of holies again. That place, that human holies of holies, like... A holies of holies made of human hands. I can't tabernacle there again. I need to tabernacle in your hearts. It was so awesome. It was so awesome being having an understanding of being what a priesthood means. And, and I'm hoping that he gives me more and more understanding because it's so lovely being in his presence. And to understand that that view was torn by God himself. It meant a lot. It's actually, it's actually like... Um, um, it actually validates the fact that it was God really himself who bruised Jesus for our sakes. And that meant a lot because God loved us so much that he gave his son. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you for this revelation. It's awesome. Blessed be your holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. A priest is compassionate. He is trying to make me understand what compassion is. First of all, I I, I was made to understand by the word of God that a, a priest is someone who who is um you know ordained for men on the things pertaining to God so that he can make reconciliation for the sins of other people, you know. And um, a priest offers sacrifices. So um, also for yourself and for others, you know, for your sins. Um, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 1 said that um, every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things of God, in things pertaining to God, that he may both offer both, he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. So the next one said, who can have compassion on the ignorant? For he himself is also compassed with infirmity. So he kind of stopped me right there and tried to explain what compassion is. Compassion is is simply um, a, a, it's, it's a way of saying, I can relate. I know exactly what you're going through. I've been there before. I can relate. So compassion is from the word compass. That's to be compassed about. To be compassed about with iniquity, with infirmities. So like um, um, uh, Hebrews chapter 2 verse 17 explained it rightly. He said, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God. 
for in that he himself has suffered being tempted he's also able to suffer them that are tempted so compassion is actually like having to be able to relate with what someone is going through so like if you haven't been through what somebody is going through you may not be able to help the person who through so he's trying to explain to me that I, w- I was asking him Jesus show me what it means to be a priest and I, I understood that a priest is supposed to be compassionate and like how do I become compassionate how am I supposed to be in the shoes of others and um, you know, understand what they are going through and he's trying to tell me that it's not it's not it's not it's not an abstract thing it's something that is close to you for every 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 challenge and every issue or every problem or trouble that has that has come to me that has you know every challenge i've seen in this life i am going through that because of someone else probably someone i don't even know about because every single challenge and issue and victory and failure and cries and tears and and sleepless nights and 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 you know uh, in victories and in 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 failures and everything that i've been through as a human being all those challenges sum up an experience that is going to help someone else in the near future in the in the far future probably someone you haven't even met or maybe somebody you know or somebody that you're yet to know probably in few moments from the time that you went through the same thing so it's trying to let me understand that compassion is like I have been compassed about with something like this I know exactly what you're going through and I can help you get through it I can relate so compassion simply means I can relate there is no way that the experience that there is no way that you can help someone if you haven't been through what they've been through so Jesus is trying to tell me the Holy Spirit is trying to explain to me that the experiences that you go through is exactly what you need in order to get through for someone else compassion is not far-fetched compassion is 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 not is you don't have to stress it you don't have to like if if you're not a harlot you probably may not be able to help harlots and if you're not an addict you probably may not be able to help addicts um if 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 you have not been in prison you probably may not be able to help prisoners like you can actually visit prisoners you can actually preach the word of god you can actually send relief but there are actually some experiences that you need to be through in order to help someone that has been there so like he's trying to tell me that i don't have to stress it i don't have to like i don't have to like be or from something that I'm not I just have to look from the inside and look at the things that I think that are ugly memories ugly thoughts ugly experiences like experiences that have probably made me cry 
made me not to want to ever remember that anymore that has stressed me so much in life all those experiences you don't have to bury them you don't have to put them on the ground because you won't just want to forget they are going to be useful for someone else that you probably haven't come close to that exactly is what the holy spirit is telling me that compassion is because if jesus didn't have to become a human if jesus wasn't flesh if jesus has not been tempted he probably wouldn't be able to succor us he can't relate to what temptation is he doesn't know what what he probably may not know what it means to be tempted not to do something that is is wrong and he would say no to it and still jesus was bible says that jesus was tempted in every front name it you have it jesus was tempted probably he was he has probably had anger fleets he has been tempted probably sexually he has probably been tempted to 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 you know like lie or to say some things that are not of god probably especially those times the pharisees who want to ask him or push him or do something he probably want to call down fire and you know just finish everything he was almost giving it up like he has he has been tempted in hopelessness at the time that he was almost giving up when he said father all things are possible with you take away this cup from me like he was he was tempted to just drop this whole this whole nonsense in quotes you know like of of coming to die for these people these people that are so ungrateful what kind of nonsense is this and i'm suffering for them like he was almost like tempted but he was able to discipline himself enough to say nevertheless let your will be done like not my will but your your will and that was the only thing that kept him if not that abba the name abba can't get him anything he wants but thank god that he he didn't yield into that temptation of letting go and going back to heaven so he's trying to make me understand that compassion is not far-fetched Compassion is, is something you have to look inside of you, see you've been through this, look at the other person who is going through the same thing and say, hey, I can relate. I understand exactly what you're going through and I can help you do that. It's not like, hey, I've been there before, so why are you whining? That's, that's, that's not compassion. Like, It's actually like having love and, and tenderness towards the same thing that we see. Sometimes we see our experiences the experiences that we've been through and other people who are going through the same thing and we turn away from them because we don't want them to remind us of where we've been god is saying that is the exact opposite of what i want you to do do not turn away from that person do not castigate this person do not judge this person you have been there before you know what it's like you go out there um, and dive in and help this person that's exactly what compassion is all about and for you to be a hybrid you must always have to be compassionate compassionate so that's exactly what the holy spirit is telling me about that thank you father for this revelation